snitches? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Gossip with Meredith and Steph. This week, we have the recap of the Bachelor finale. What do we got for Gossip of the Week? For Gossip of the Week, we are going to be talking about the Grammys and then the surprise of Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod calling off their engagement. And we're going to finish her off with a little drama about the Kardashians. Let's get into it. So to kick off our recap of the Bachelor finale, we are down to Michelle and Rachel. This week, we started off the episode with them meeting Matt's mom and brother. There's a couple things we have to say here. Nothing too crazy, but I would just like to say, I think Michelle and Matt's mom like really hit it off. And especially his mom breaking down, you know, having some tears and talking about like, I'm glad that Matt has even like growing up, he's always been really good friends with people that have families that are like really tight knit that are put together more than like he grew up with. And so she was saying like to have someone like Michelle now be in his life that also has that upbringing, like she's really happy about it, which I felt like was a super deep convo because it's not like the mom wants to be crying one on national TV and two to the new girlfriend the first time she's meeting him. And also I felt that like the mom had like a lot of trauma. Yeah. I felt like she has a lot of pain, a lot caring of things. A lot. Yes, definitely caring a lot. And Michelle and her, they just seemed, you know, Michelle's a perfect pair. Straight up exactly who she would be blessed to have her son like be married to. Totally. And then when it came to Rachel, I think they hit it off as well. But I feel like the way that like the conversation was going, I feel like the mom like took it almost not easier on her because it's not like she was hard on Michelle, but like more surface level combo. Like right. she only started crying because Rachel was like, cue the waterworks. This is what's going to rope her in. The whole prayer yeah. on the very first night, she was saying that really spoke to her and that's what made her like Matt. I mean, and I couldn't say anything negative about the interaction with the mom I, and Rachel either. One other thing that really I I just... I couldn't stop noticing and paying attention to was Matt's brother, John. John. I John love him. Boy. I want him on every single episode of The Bachelor moving forward. I felt like when he was like interviewing Rachel and Michelle, like asking questions, I think it felt to me like he was pausing the recording and being like producers and they're giving him He's question going, prompts. Line. Line. I need the cue cards. <laughs> For real. I'm like, they literally have a prompt next to him flashing him the questions to ask because it was... And no follow-up to the questions, nothing, no. just a straight question that we've heard a hundred times. Absolutely. And like, that is straight from the producer's mouth. Johnny does not want to be a part of this. He's never watched The Bachelor in his life. Quiet guy. Quiet guy. I loved John. I looked him up on Instagram. His at is John the Scorpio. I go, wow, Big this man. Guy. I go, wow, this man is into astrology. Big astrology guy. But no, his symbol is like the scorpion. That's what it is. It's not that he's really into his uh astrology right. sign. Matt even said like, he's like, I've never like brought home girls and like talked to them about like my relationship. So it's like, Everyone felt a little weird and I felt weird watching it a little where I'm like, all right, so now not only am I meeting your girlfriend for the first time, two of them, and we're on national TV and it's like, tell me about your deepest emotions, Matt, that we've never spoke about for 20 plus years. Exactly. However, I will bring this up really fast because we talked about this last week. So when Matt was talking to his family about Rachel and when he said that Rachel was upset at the pottery date, he's talking yes. to them and he goes, yeah, you know, I knew she was upset, but I just was like, nah, I don't want to get into it. And I was like... 
like, dude, right there is your issue. You are noticing that they are upset. You're noticing everyone's feeling uncomfortable, but you're just not addressing it. Right. So you chose not to bring up the the times that you've seen the girl you're dating is uncomfortable or not having as good a time as you are. He's aware. No, he's aware. And that's what we were saying last week. Yeah. We were like, dude, you need to be a little bit more aware and recognize Rachel's uncomfortable. Serena's uncomfortable. But what we learned this week is he is aware. He is aware and he's choosing not to yeah. act on that. And he's like, oh, I really liked how she just brought it up to me. Like I could tell something was off, but like once I we talked about it, I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do. It's called communication, sir. Communication 101, buddy. <laughs> if you're seeing there's an issue, <laughs> let's address it. I guess you got to learn somewhere. Yep. Sometime. But when he said that, I was just like, oh, so you are aware. Mm-hmm. You are. You're noticing. And then what really kicked it off was the word that Matt really hung on to for the rest of this episode was after his like mom and brother had met Rachel and Michelle, they, his mom like had a long spiel, you know, giving him advice. Like, are you actually ready for this? You know, but with his mom though, I feel like she was 1000% projecting. Oh, she was projecting. And so she literally says at that, like her last line was something like, Love is not the end all be all. And they like play the dun 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 like music. <laughs> and Matt really hung on to those words. Really hung on to it. And like that is 100% his mom just being like, love didn't work out for me right. and it didn't work out at all. So it's not going to work out for you. And love isn't the end all be all. Don't focus on love. And it's and so like. so he turns right around and is like, actually, you're right. I'm not ready for engagement. I'm not ready to marry any of these women. It's like just spiraling after she said those one lines. And it's like the mom was absolutely you're right projecting. Obviously, based off of Matt's <sighs> story, we know that it's like. She was cheated on. She had a really bad time with her ex, Matt's dad. However, I'm sorry. That just seems a little pessimistic and cynical to me because it's like your son is on this show to get married and the day before he's about to propose, you're going to be like, nope, sorry, love isn't worth it, dog. It's not worth it in the end. Lady, that is your past experience. That is not Matt's future. No. And it's like, you can't put that on him, especially when it's down to the brink of he's about to decide who he's going to propose to. Exactly. And also it's like, I do feel bad for her a little bit. It's like, so it just seems to me like she's given up on love. Yeah. She's done. She's done trying. Love isn't worth it. It was just like not the right view for me because it's like you want your mom to be like happy for you. And she really liked the girls. She did like the girls. And she's like, I'm so happy to see you so animated. Yeah. There's some deeper issues here. And I think maybe some family therapy, like I think it could do everyone good. Yes, because (laughs) after his mom placed that little piece of doubt in his brain, he couldn't let it go. And then it was back to the fact of, you know, my dad wasn't in my life. I have commitment issues. My mom, you know, is leading me this way. And it's like this dude, Matt, Love ya, but you are too obsessed with your parents' relationship. Yeah, you've got to move on from that. Like, you've addressed it. You finally talked to your father. Like, right. that doesn't, that has nothing to do with your relationship. You are old enough to be, like, you can choose your future. And exactly. you've got to let it go and let it stop. Not Stop letting it dictate all of your decisions. Because he immediately from then up, right from there, is, like, talking to Chris Harrison. Like, I can't propose to any of these women. And is completely calling it all off. The whole thing from the very get-go is how he's ready. Right. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. He was ready last week. Yeah, he was ready last week. But now this week, it's like, oh, my mom said one thing and now I'm calling it all off. The show is canceled. Forget the finale. And he's like, I don't want to like end up doing something to these girls that like my mom had to go through or that like I had to go through as a child. Me proposing is easier than me just saying like, I'm not ready for any of it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And also it's like, whenever it gets tough, he backs up. Exactly. So it's like, oh, your mom placed a little bit of doubt, but you don't believe enough. 
up in your relationship to take it forward. It just seemed like he was easily swayed by what his mom said and by his parents' relationship. And especially for him to acknowledge the fact that his whole problem is that he can't commit and like that's from his thing from the beginning, like, I want to work on commitment, like, and every time I've gotten to a step in my relationship where commitment was the next step, he's backed out. So it's like, exactly. if you're aware of that, then look at what you're doing right now. It goes both ways, you know, like, you shouldn't be, you should be excited to be engaged and it shouldn't be right. forced. But also, here we are again, you're at the brink, you're at the line, and you're saying commitment is the next step, but you know what, if I committed, that, that'd be the easy way out. I gotta, I gotta actually back it up here. Exactly. Like, no, because you personally, your Do- issue is committing. That's why you're 30 years old saying you've never been in right. love. No high school love, no first love, no nothing. It doesn't really matter who you fall in love with, I guess, because either way you're going to get to that step and still be at a roadblock. And also about Matt being so in his head. He's mm. so like, I know they thought it was a good idea by bringing in someone that has never been on Bachelor. They've never been on TV. So this is like a fresh person. I get the methodology there. However, He was too focused on how he's perceived. If he says the wrong thing, because he's never been on the show, he's never had his dirty laundry aired out like all the contestants before. He's never messed up in front of everyone and it blows over. Exactly. He was the whole time, you know, doing everything perfectly by the book. That's why we never got the... Got to know him and he only said the same lines. It's like he didn't ever want to be out of line and he was just so like... Right. Like boring in a sense. Yeah, totally. I literally said, I go, he's normal SpongeBob. You know when SpongeBob shaves down his edges and makes himself round and smooth because he wants to fit this mold. He's normal SpongeBob. I go, that is Matt. He's trying to fit this mold of, I have to be the perfect bachelor. Where it's like, dude, I want to see who you are. And I do feel like he was in love with Rachel. Mm -hmm. He was ready for engagement. Obviously, with all of the controversy, who knows if it would have worked out. But it's like, for his own, like, sound of mind it's like you were ready dude you were in love with her you said it weeks ago yeah you've been saying it to her since your first one-on-one date with her exactly so it's like just because your mom has had a rough love life shouldn't dictate the fact that you're just completely saying this process is done it's over with and i'm sending home michelle and i'm not picking rachel either like this is your own journey dude right so that leads us into when he decides to send home michelle which i was confused about oh it was so quick and out of nowhere. I can't even imagine being Michelle. I mean, I I obviously knew from the rumors that Rachel was going to get picked, but like still the way he went about it, I'm like, if I'm feeling like attacked right here and out of nowhere blindsided, Michelle, no wonder she's upset. Right. And he did listen to us in a sense. We're like, as if he's listening yeah. and taking our <laughs> advice. He did tune in to Let's Gossip <laughs> episode 30. <laughs> but he did put some doubt in Michelle's mind. He goes, I have doubts. Right. Which was good in a sense because it's like, She needed to know that you weren't 100%. He should have been saying this earlier. I didn't realize that him saying the doubts Me too. was leading into the breakup. Me either. That's why I go, wait a minute. Like, okay, you just voicing to her your concerns and your doubts. Okay, that you should be able to do that with someone that you're going to get married to. But I didn't also realize that it was leading to, um, no, we're breaking up immediately. She's leaving. It's over. I'm like, she's handing him the jersey saying, I'm Mrs. James. He's saying, she thanks got it. for playing. She got it embroidered with it's Mrs. Done. James on the back, the jersey. Just for him to be like, I'm having doubts and her being like, okay, that equals we're over. I guess for what we saw, it's like, well, he, the doubts that he was speaking to Chris Harrison right before he talked to Michelle or whatever, 
Like, we're the same doubts he had towards Rachel, but when he goes to tell Michelle, it's like, I'm breaking up with you. I still have the same doubts with Rachel, but I think I'm gonna stick with her. Right. Like, I didn't know where he was going after breaking up with Michelle. I had no idea. And I felt so bad for Michelle. I felt like she got absolutely zero, zero closure. Zero. And while I am unhappy with the way that Michelle left her season, you know, like the way that their whole relationship yeah. ended... I was happy that he did send her home. Yeah. Ahead of time. Because nothing I despise more is when they both think they're getting picked. Like the two finalists think they're getting picked and then they get up there fully dressed up, ready to go, and then just for them to get let down. So I was happy that he like let her go ahead of time. Right. But obviously I just love Michelle, wanted that to work. So it could have been sooner. And it could have been sooner and it did burn. It yes. burned watching Michelle leave. Yeah. So then we move on to Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so at this point we were like, okay, is he also breaking up with Rachel or what? And so he literally, he cancels their date. Which what the fuck are I don't you doing? Under- and- Imagine being Rachel in that moment and she's fully ready to go just for Chris Harrison to show up at your door. I'd be like, so I'm fucking getting sent home. Oh, I'd be so pissed. And it's also like... Matt, unless you're breaking up with me, what on earth are you thinking? Because I've talked to you about the insecurities I have. And if I'm the one you're picking, why would you make me feel reassured? Like we said earlier, just like maybe he is aware. Maybe he is aware of her insecurities and now how she's feeling. But he's just like, you know what? In his head. In his head. Like too stressed out. And so then he literally after that sends her like a letter that tells her to meet him by the lake. And when... I see Matt roll up to the frickin' lake. Also, Rachel rolling up in the car to meet him at the lake. And there, first, Matt's in a full-on suit. And I go, well, I hope damn well somewhere in that letter you wrote her, it's <laughs> uh, dressed for a proposal or a breakup. Not, I'm thinking meet me at the lake. So I've got my sweat my sweatsuit on. <laughs> I got my hair in a bun. I'm meeting right. by the lake for a quick chat to right. get broken up with. And he rolls up in a suit. I'm like, well, glad Rachel got the memo. Thank God. Because she's in the car. Obviously, she got the memo. But right. in her fucking gown. But I'm like. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, which is just funny. Just meet me by the lake. And then he's got a full suit on. I'm like, well, I hope damn well she's in full glam. For real. Does she know she's getting either proposed to or dumped? So this is when Rachel and Matt finally see each other after canceling his and hers final date. And. I was so thinking there was an engagement happening. I don't know. Even Either with his a outs, breakup or an engagement. Right. And I totally understand now why the producers force an engagement. You know, we always yes. are like, well, if you don't want to get an engagement, just date. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Guess what? It is a big deal. Because who's pissed when there's not an engagement? Us. It was the most underwhelming thing in the world. <laughs> he goes, you know, I just... I just don't want to lose you. What he means is, is I like you, but I just don't want to commit to you. Exactly. That's when you, we read between the lines. And she, I know what you're saying. And she literally like started off the conversation with professing her love for him and like how she wants to make it work no matter what and like for the rest of their lives just for him to be like, well, I like you, but I, not enough to commit. For her, she took it well. She's like, you know what? I'm just glad I'm here. Yeah, she totally took it well. If anything, I feel like she was really relieved. happy yeah. and relieved. But at the same time, I go, well, honey... You didn't see the size of that fucking rock he was about to put on your finger that Neil was going to give him for fucking free. If you're picking me and you love me like I love you, so you want to be with me the rest of your life. Well, okay, then in a year, if you can bring me a ring that doesn't look like the one that you could have picked for free. Yeah. For for free. free. 
We could have saved all that money for the fucking wedding. No, Steph is concerned about the budget. She I, goes, yo, it's free. Hello. <laughs> I'm like, God, take it where you can get it. It just, it wasn't like a happy moment like no. I wanted it to be. And then right after this whole, you know, we're not going to get married, but we're dating. We're dating. I don't know. It was something about the horse-drawn carriage. I go, this is so not the moment, not the vibe. They started out the scene of the engagement before they got to like the big pedestal and everything in the carriage. They started out with him walking in like the Michigan like mud (laughs) in the spring. And I go, and then all of a sudden, gorgeous backdrop. We got the carriage. I'm like, really? Because he was just in Michigan two seconds ago in the spring (laughs) with the muddy ground. He's in Pennsylvania. So it's the good old Midwest out here. (laughs) Good old Midwest. I don't know. The whole thing, you know. And then just for it to end with when we get to the final rose ceremony and Rachel and Matt aren't even together anymore. Right. Like, which just means it's a whole waste of a season. Once again, just our time being wasted. I loved every second of it, but my time's also wasted. Absolutely. Underwhelming. In the beginning, I thought, Matt, you're killing it. You're sending the girls home that need to be sent home. You're realizing there's bullying in the house and addressing it head on. Like, all of those pieces of him nailing as the bachelor yes. what he didn't nail as the bachelor is he's a chronic non-committer and he's a people pleaser so he's telling everybody what they want to hear mm-hmm. also it's just like if he would have been on bachelor i feel like he would have felt more comfortable yeah. to be himself yeah he would have understood like understood how the game works right and when it came down to the end when my opinion started to switch with him it's just like when i realized that there's absolutely no way That you're being this manipulated by one sentence from your mom and you're completely blowing this whole thing. You gotta let it go, buddy. Let it go, baby. (laughs) So let's move on to the after the final rose ceremony, which Uh, is now hosted by Emmanuel Acho. (laughs) I thought his intro was good. Kicking it off the intro, he goes, me even being here is making it the most dramatic season ever. Like, I thought that whole little bit was good. He didn't like necessarily fuck anything up. No. And before we get into our opinions about Emmanuel, like, let us just preface by saying it's like this has got to be by far the hardest job on the fucking market it's like the bachelor nation people are so committed yes and they are angry those are big shoes to fill right and it's like so that you have the whole crowd of bachelor nation that's upset with chris harrison being gone and then there's a whole crowd of people that are excited for a new person, but it's right. like, who's it going to be? Right. And are they going to deliver? Because all we've had to compare to is the same host for all of these seasons that we've been become like attached to. And I don't even like Chris Harrison, even before the allegations. Right. Like, I'm not I don't, like a fan. I don't care. But he's who I'm used to seeing and he does it so well. I mean, just compared to watching a new person come and do it, it didn't flow the way I wanted it. And I know me and Mary were talking about how we've seen the general consensus is everyone is thinks Emmanuel did a great job, which I think he did. And they loved it. I think he did a great job as well. Like he nailed the points he needed to nail. And obviously we know that producers are like shoving a script down his face. Like you have to touch this, 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 and this. So it's like, it's tough. But it just seemed like obviously he was nervous. As the interview went on, he relaxed a little bit. Right. It's just like... Chris Harrison made it more of like a a conversation, like everything flowed. It didn't seem so scripted, but it's just because he's used to doing it for years. And you know what? Half of it, honestly, isn't even Emmanuel's fault. Like if production could have done him a fucking solid and thrown in some applause, some music, literally Emmanuel, he comes out, does his intro speech, thought that was great. But it's like when he brings out Michelle, here comes Michelle 
crickets, crickets. dead silence. It's and like, could have done with some music. We all know there's not a crowd, but like, at least let's fake it and give some like energy to the room. Even Adam was like, all right, where's like the applause? He's like, the, yeah. the silence in the room when people are walking up there is like, especially, it was right when Michelle came out. He's like, what's going on? I needed something. Even with Emmanuel coming out, like, Emmanuel, you deserve a round of applause. Let's get it going. Chris Harrison gets an applause, and I get that that's an actual crowd. But I would have liked it a little bit of editing. But so Michelle gets called out. And we get right into her and Matt and her exit on the show. And she seemed capital salty angry she's like what the fuck and she gave no fucks to expose matt and so like when they call for Matt real? out, like yeah it's like their first time talking since they broke up on what we saw on the show they haven't spoken once and she literally says the producers were in my room and saw me how upset i was and what i was going through the hurt i was feeling and when i reached out to you to just talk she's like it wasn't to get back together or anything i needed closure and you turned it down that's you what refused to see me i go oh, oh shit I'm like, Michelle coming out here giving us the skinny behind the scenes. It's the fact that she just wanted two minutes. It's two minutes. It's like, dude, we've been having a full-blown relationship where I'm telling you I love you and you're going to ignore my calls. You're ghosting me. I asked you one time to just talk and you refuse. It's not even like you're engaged to Rachel or getting married and it'd be disrespectful. It's like, first of all, you're just dating. And second, it's like, you were dating me a couple days ago or the day of. Right. The same as much as you were dating Rachel. So I deserve the same amount of respect. It's totally. Like, he's got a man up. Something about him where he just like gets like insecure and quiet. And it's like, man up, dude. At the end of the day, I mean, the reason for him breaking up with her, that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, at least let's let's close it out. Let's wrap it up. That you could have respect for her at least to just hear her out one time. And nothing made me laugh harder than Michelle just roasting him. I know. Kissing with your eyes open come up with some new phrases besides thank you for sharing that with she me she had to get those zingers out oh I'm like, those were planned you. yes her and her friends sat down they wrote those fucking insults and they said hey you sister, better close it out with this <laughs> yes yes and I, I did want to point out one thing about um, Emmanuel. He said at the end of Michelle and Matt's conversation and the end of Rachel and Matt's conversation oh yeah you may never see him again I mean why it's- it's we're all in Bachelor. We're probably going to run around in the same circles. We're both either in New York or LA. It's like, That's I, true. I'll, I'll probably see him again. At least somewhere. At least on social media. He's not about to die or move across the world. <laughs> For it's like, what do you mean you're never going to see him again? Like, I probably could get into contact if I needed to. I got, I said what I needed to say. Let's not make it weirder. It's not your grandma that's 90 years old on her last birthday about to pass away. It's, you're gonna see him again. That was just a little, and he said it twice. The first time sent me. <laughs> and then the second time I go, oh, this dude is so dramatic. But there's no way he came up with that line himself. So it's the producers calling him. <laughs> so then Rachel comes mm-hmm. out in the hot seat. And I don't know what I expected for after the final rose. I, I knew they were gonna touch on all the controversy. Right. Them throwing up the pictures, really, I go, Wow, she's getting it shoved he right goes, in her face. He goes, explains like the the history and the background of why it's so wrong. The the history behind just even being called antebellum. And right. those photos of her at like the plantation and doing that sorority, that whole entire thing. He explains about how wrong it is. Can we actually show everyone what the photo was in case you didn't see it? As she's sitting there alone yes. on the screen for the nation. With those other two girls. I go, whoever yeah, those who other... Are those other two girls and they should be getting just as much heat too. Oh, they are just thinking the heavens above. 
love that, no that one they else are, knows their names. that no one knows their names and that they aren't on this show. And the thing is, is Emmanuel asks Rachel, you know, what did you think about this when you were coming on the show? What did you think yeah. about this? And she goes, I honestly didn't think about it. The Bachelor producers, they are going to go through your shit to yes. no end. They are going to stalk your family, stalk your Instagram, stalk your Twitter, stalk every single thing about you. Yes. They put her on the show for this very reason. Oh, she's got some racist shit in her past. Let's put her on the show while she's dating a black guy so that this all comes out while filming is going on and it stirs the pot. But the thing is, is it became a huge problem because she won but that's on the bachelor producers they did that on rachel Lindsay season two they knew that there was a guy on there that had liked confederate flags had really liked like racist things right. in his past on instagram what do they do Same put him on the show victoria f they found her like white supremacist photos yeah she, it's a hundred percent on rachel don't get me wrong but it's like fuck the production because they knew putting her on this show they saw those things on her twitter and also it's like no one was looking at your stuff like like that's, her family her you didn't look at those and not one person had the thought, that's pretty messed up. We shouldn't post that. Exactly. We should delete that. That was my second point about Rachel. Dude, if you're going to go on national television, you might want to look through your shit. And you had no clue till it got to this point where everyone's freaking out that that was wrong and no one was like, hey, this is going to be an issue. Something about this is wrong. Right. Exactly. It took everyone else to bring it up and talk about it. It's like... Exactly. And with the producers knowing, it's like, this has only been a domino effect. You have hurt Matt significantly. You've yeah. hurt so many people in Bachelor Nation. Rachel is getting relentlessly attacked online. Rachel Lindsay? Rachel Lindsay and Rachel Kirkconnell. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like... Now your main host is gone. Now your main host it's is gone. It's just all backfired. It's like, because no one wanted to speak up and say, hey, this photo's wrong before we all got started exactly because that was the whole point let's cause some drama let's cause some controversy all backfired hey bachelor franchise it really was tone deaf to do to rachel Lindsay, and it's tone deaf now so then emmanuel asked rachel like what have you been doing what steps have you been taking to become more educated this is what everybody's upset about so like the general consensus of rachel's apology is people are not having it people were mad because of this exact question he goes what are the steps that you're taking and instead of her listing them, she goes, I could list all of the books I'm right. reading, the documentaries I'm watching, the podcasts I'm listening yep. to. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, what's that going to do? Yeah. She, she said something to that effect. Yeah. And people are mad, like, oh, so you're not going to say what you're doing. You're just going to say, I'm not going to address that. And but it's like, if you are actually reading books, it should be at the top of exactly. your head. Exactly. She was, it was so generic and clearly it like pulled out of her ass. Well, you know, I could list this stuff, you know, but that, that's not really like the main point. Like, then what is the main point? Because right. that's, that's all we're asking is specifically those details on those steps. And it also reminded me of Lori Laughlin's daughter, Olivia Jade. Her Red. interview on Red Table Talk, the amount of privilege you have and all, you know, all of those things. They were like, so what are your steps? And she was like, I'm now working with kids that are less privileged. I'm working with this. She listed all of the things and like the, the people she's working with, the organizations. Yeah. She listed it all out there. And I believed it where I'm like, you know what? That's actually like, you're actually applying yourself to something that matters because you clearly need to learn from it. And this right. is to do it and Rachel was just like well you know the reaction and the answer we were expecting was what Olivia J did and also you know she's probably got to be expecting people are going to ask that question exactly what are you doing to make up for what has happened right. what have you learned exactly so like that question is what everyone's so hung up on I think rightfully so you know right. it's, it really would have made a difference if she could have just listed some of the books she's reading, podcasts she's listening to, because it's like a lot of people listening, you know, it's like if they also wanted to get educated, 
they could go and read those books, listen to those podcasts. Right. Like right off the tongue, I was thinking she was going to say like, I read White Fragility, that book that everybody read to get more educated. But there are some moments of her apology that I was like, I believe what you're saying. The thing is, just like any controversy, Olivia Jade, any controversy like this, People are going to make their opinions and they're either going to believe you and forgive you or they're not. And I think the main thing is like with Olivia compared to Rachel is that Olivia, it felt like she has taken the time to think it through and think of her response and actually do the work where if Rachel had been doing the work and actually like meant what she was saying, if she would have came across more prepared, you know, it just felt like she hasn't done any studying. She hasn't done any research. It's just kind of like, I'm here to take the backlash, but you know, I'm not trying to be the victim. When I thought Olivia was like, here are the steps, step by step, what I'm doing. You know, it was actually was educated on what she was even talking about. Rachel just seemed like she has no idea what's going on. Her coming unprepared just made it seem like she doesn't give a shit. And I think that's why everyone's like, do you even understand like what you've done or what we're even asking here from you? Later when Matt comes out, Matt says to Rachel, like, I hated that I had to explain to you why this was wrong numerous times. That, because I'm like, you know, I was assuming like when all the rumors were coming out that they were probably going through it together and having to like talk about it. Because what did it for me was that I had to explain to you why it was wrong. Right. And that's the biggest thing of all, because it's like, if you forgot 100% about that time in your life, forgot about those pictures, forgot about it, it all. It was a mistake you made. You it, know it's wrong. When it came out, you wouldn't need someone to explain to you why that's fucked up. It's pretty self-explanatory. Exactly. And it should have been in 2018. Exactly. Especially if you're from the South and you tour those plantations in your history class in fourth grade. And what was the good quote that he said? I think Emmanuel said it. That was like like something about like some parts of history are supposed to be celebrated and some are supposed to be remembered remembered and to learn from yeah and that's my thing where we were saying too it's like you don't see people going and having a frat party at the holocaust (laughs) yeah no you know it's like so why are you having a party where people used to be lynched that you know it's like that's not a place to celebrate no and the big whole part about the antebellum party is that they were banned by sororities across the nation so it's like if you don't know about sorority and frat life it's like they are fucking on it the people that run the sororities and frats, like that, it's like the business side. Yeah. They are on top of it. Right. They are constantly finding your ass. If you have alcohol, if right. you miss meetings, they are on top of that shit. So for them to have it banned and for them to be like, nah, we're going to screw nationals. We don't give a fuck about them. For Matt have to explain to Rachel why it's wrong. It's like, did you not think knowing that it was banned? Banned? why it would be banned and why this would be wrong. Like, that's where I'm like, all right, it makes sense. Because at first when I was hearing like the breakup rumors, I'm like, I was just kind of surprised where I'm like, if I was married to someone and something came up like that, that was a huge mistake for my past. It's like, I would want to work through it with them. And you know what I mean? We're together. But, but he's like, a bitch, same. I got to explain <laughs> it to you. Yeah. I can't be around you. Not a good look for me either when I'm representing, you know, the black community. Exactly. And so obviously when Matt comes out there and he's talking to Rachel or whatever, it is intense. Dude. <laughs> I mean, I could feel the tension through my television. I could sense the awkwardness. They're cooking through a couple things and then the dead silence. And I know if you guys watched oh the dead God. silence for a long ass time, I almost had to switch a channel. Rachel's staring at Matt. It's clearly they're all waiting for Matt to speak. Because Rachel just apologized yeah. to Matt. Rachel just gave her full spiel. Yeah. Said how she still loves him, how yes. she cares about him. The whole ass apology for him to not say a thing. And then what kills me is a man. It's like this dude is getting put through the fucking ringer. On top of having the hardest job, then on top of having to tackle the race topic, the whole thing, the whole controversy, and then for Matt to just say absolutely nothing 
after he says, Matt, what do you think about this? He gives him some time. He gives him some hang time. He says, dude, you do you. Emmanuel goes, you know, I don't want to interject. I just see that you're feeling a lot here. Because no one's speaking, which it's like. And then after that, still nothing. Silence. And he goes, do you guys want to hug it out? Could be your last time you ever see Matt, Rachel. Hug, hug, embrace. And they're both just looking at each other. They didn't move. Didn't move. And she's just dead staring at him silent while he's just lost in his thoughts, doesn't know what to say. Well, also when she reaches out and is like grabbing his shoulder, holding his hand, I'm like, he doesn't want to do that. He clearly doesn't want to. His body language. He spoke louder than any words that came out of his mouth. He is facing dead straight, hands together, clasped, looking at the floor. Rachel's body turned, looking at him straight in the face. You know, that silence, what did that mean? Did that mean you didn't know what to say? Did that mean you were so hurt by everything that you don't even know where to go from here? Like, obviously, he's got a lot of emotions inside of that body. And I think he's, just from watching him through the season, like, he struggles putting his feelings and his thoughts into words. Yes. That's why he just says generic things, and he's always being a people pleaser. It's like, he can't formulate what he's trying to express. Totally. Because he also doesn't want to say the wrong thing. Exactly. I mean, I do understand the pressure that he was saying earlier when he was talking to Emmanuel. It's like... It is a lot of pressure in yeah. in this day and age to be the first black bachelor, especially yeah. when they're focusing the whole thing about his race. Right. When Rachel Lindsay was the first black bachelorette, that wasn't the main focus. It was more like, oh, this is the first time. Whereas this, it felt to me like Matt felt that he had an agenda. Right. He goes, I can't, you know, play to one side. I have to represent the black community. And especially of just the way things panned out with him ending up with the girl that's got the racial allegations and all of the controversy. Right. Because it's like, if... None of this whole controversy would have came out. Everybody would have loved watching their relationship. I mean, I felt he had the best connection with her. Right. Their love was real to me. I felt it was real. But it's like the whole time I'm watching, just like the rest of America, what's in the back of my head is all of the controversy. So it's like antebellum photo. Exactly. Exactly. So I, yeah, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place for Matt. For real. Like clearly his heart's broken, but it's also what's right and what's wrong. And she's got to do her own personal growing. And so does he. And I think it's like, for now they've got to take their futures their own way. Also like for a Matt's side, it's like people would shit on him if he stayed with her. Right. He had no choice in the matter, really. The explanation for me was just when he said that he had to explain it to her. I go, well, that makes sense. Yep. That makes sense why you broke up with her. Exactly. It's not like she saw the photos and was like, oh my God, I'm like horrendously embarrassed. I can't believe I did this. She's like, what's wrong with it? Which is right there's the fucking issue, dude. The thing about accountability is like, you have to be called out. You gotta be called out. And moving forward, everybody's gonna be more aware. I feel super bad for Matt. Yeah. Like horrible for Matt. Stressed out. Stressed out. He has aged 10 years in doing this process. And then I felt bad for Emmanuel. And you know what? Did you touch this? We didn't hear from Brie. Where was Brie? Oh, yeah. They usually we put the third yeah, person. We haven't even heard anything from her. Exactly. They, we usually put the third person sent home on after the final rose because they can't be on Women Tell All. Brie, I would have loved to hear from your face. I love Brie. And I also felt like she yeah. needed her time to speak. That's fucked up that she didn't get to be on Women Tell All. I agree. And then it's fucked up that she didn't get to be on after the final rose. Hello? <laughs> Anybody home? <laughs> 
excuse. I don't know. I mean, I loved the drama this season, like with the girls and stuff. Hated it, but loved it at the same time. Right, hate love relationship. That was the only really peak of the season, like where I'm like, oh, we got some good drama out of it. But then just the controversies were at other people's expense. I feel bad for Matt. So there's a lot to unpack from this season. Yeah. And also it's just like when it doesn't end well, it's just kind of like sad. I'm just like, like I love that Tasha and Zach, you know, it was such a happy ending. Right. The proposal was everything. Yep. And on this side, it just didn't go the way we wanted it. But we are looking up. We are looking up from here. Now we have two bachelorettes from Matt's season. A lot to unpack here with this as well, guys. Yeah, we have Michelle. So she's going to be filmed in the summer, I think. Yeah, because she's a teacher. So right now she's teaching. Katie's going to start filming now. I'm so happy for both of them. And I feel like they're going to be totally different seasons. Totally. Because they're totally different people. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm excited to see the difference in the guys too, because I feel like Katie, she needs someone that's like buddy, a bro. She needs a friendship side of it too. And I'm like, I'm I'm wondering for Michelle, like if there's going to be like a lot of like Ben it's on the show or I feel like it's gonna be totally different groups of guys but my main question with the fact that we get two bachelorettes is what the fuck is going on with paradise when is paradise happening you know that's the main reason we love the show is because paradise is the best part and we didn't get it last season because of like covid and everything they didn't even film it right if they're filming michelle's season in the summer and they're filming katie's season now when is Paradise getting filmed? Uh, they better already be doing it now because I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Dude, like... It's the best part and we have such good, like, we have such good potential contestants for it. You get a better outcome in Paradise because these are the people choosing for themselves. You exactly. know, it's like, there's way more fish in the sea. You're let's, not all fighting for one. Oh, and let's get the drama rocking and rolling and yeah, get those drinks baby. flowing. Oh, and on top of, of all of that, we're going to have Taisha and Caitlin being the new house for these next seasons. I posted a poll on our Instagram and majority of people seemed to like it. We got 80% love for Tasha and Caitlin. Right. And also, yeah, I'm not mad about it either. But like we said in our couple episodes ago, like I would have preferred an outside hire because I right. know you so well, Tasha. Right. And I know you right. so well, Caitlin. But and also seeing Emmanuel, right. I'm like, maybe I want someone I already know. <laughs> That's true. But also it's like, I really hope they don't make it about them. I know. I don't want it to be about Girl Tasha. talk. It's a hundred percent gonna be. Let's talk about like the process. Like Like we've all been in your shoes. Don't even. But it'll be great. It'll be great. So I am so pumped for the new season. And of course we're gonna be covering it. And I think we potentially could have Siesta Key coming up soon. Hope for us to cover. Those listening that don't watch Siesta Key, catch up now. Oh my God. you won't regret it. And I feel like that's, we got some funny shit to always say about that show. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, so now let's move on to Gossip of the Week. And obviously, we will be covering the Grammys because it's our favorite music show. Like the VMAs, Grammys, those are my favorite. Any like performance. And I I haven't like this past year, like since COVID started, I haven't watched any of them. They haven't been hitting right. You know, I'm like, there's no live audience. Exactly. I don't care. But like, I want to go back and like rewatch the entire Grammys because I didn't watch it like when it was live. And it's like... I heard nothing but great things. I heard that actually an audience there yeah. this time. The hosting, I guess, like, it was decent. I mean, no one yeah. really ever cares for the host. You know what I mean? It's never jokes that just fall flat. And, like, I guess all the performances were really good. Like, oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Me too. I needed that. Me too. 
So let's start off by talking about Billie Eilish. So Billie Eilish, obviously we know her. We love her. We love her. Nothing I love more than a down-to-earth girly. Exactly. And that is Billie in a nutshell. She mm-hmm. is fucking 19 we years old. We hang with her. Totally. Once again, she won record of the year, which surprised everybody. This exact same thing happened yeah. to her last year with Bad Guy. And it was when Ariana Grande had released two albums in one year, Thank You Next and Sweetener. Everybody thought Ariana was Right. And then Billy gets up there. She goes, thank you, everybody. But Ariana, you should have won. Right. This time. Even worse. Billy wins record of the year for everything I ever wanted. That slow ballad. It's great. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm not listening to it every two seconds in my car. And it's not like the song that never dies. Right. It's not the song that you turn on your radio and that thing is blasting 24-7. And you got everyone pumped up. It's like, if it's on the radio, I'm probably hitting next. Exactly. So who we all thought was winning was Megan Thee Stallion, Savage. I mean, the biggest hit through quarantine, you got it paired up with Beyonce. You couldn't ask for more. Right. Savage was literally everywhere. And Billy wins. The sheer look of shock on her face. She literally sits back in her seat and is like, holy shit. And Billy, I mean... She even gets up there and in her speech, she goes, if I won, I was going to write a speech about how Megan the Stallion deserved to win. Right. She goes, but I literally didn't even write it because there, I thought there was absolutely no way in hell I was winning. That sentence right there, I'm like, dude, Billie Eilish didn't think she was winning at all. So how the fuck did she win? I'm loving her self-awareness. Wait, For real. Like, dude, no, you do deserve it. You do deserve the trophy. You're a great artist. You're huge. You know, there's totally. a million fans that love that song as much as we love Savage. But it's like, but in her eyes and the way we see it too, it's just being straight up. She had the bigger hit, it felt like. So why am I winning the award? Exactly. Not that saying everything I ever wanted wasn't like right. a good song. Right. But it's just like, it's a slower ballad. You know, it's really soft, really like slow. Yeah. Whereas um, I'm fucking amped up with Megan Thee Stallion, the Savage. I'm a savage bitch. <laughs> Sassy. Booty Booty ratchet. (laughs) I mean, come on. Everybody knows it. Once again, Billy, love you. Happy for her. But I'm just like, damn, once again. And that brings us into our next point about how the Grammys are fucking rigged. I feel like I've heard this recently the past couple years, like whenever there's an award show. Ariana, she's been like, I'm not doing the award show thing. She was all pissed. Yeah, because the Grammys literally tweeted that. Ariana couldn't pull a show together and she fucking tweets back at them and she goes, you know that I could pull a show out of my ass in a day. She goes, I put out two albums in like a week. So she's had a problem. And Zayn Malik literally tweet, fuck the Grammys and everyone associated. A couple hours later, he follows up with a tweet. Unless you shake hands and send gifts, there's no nomination considerations. Next year, I'll send you a basket of confectionery. Ooh, right there. Basically saying the Grammys are bullshit. The Grammys are the equivalents of of the Oscars. Who is this Academy? Right. Who's, Who's choosing? Because I haven't voted anywhere. Because you don't vote. Whoever the Academy is votes. Whereas unlike the People's Choice Award, the BMAs, it's like the people vote. We right. vote. And like it just shows when like Billy's astonished yet again, you know, like why am I winning this? It's, I know someone damn well that deserves it probably over me right now. Exactly. Yeah, I'm accepting the award. That's what Adele did for Beyonce. She literally goes, yeah. I don't deserve this. That's why Beyonce, you got me through the toughest times with your album Lemonade. I don't know how the fuck I'm winning this. Dedicating her entire speech to Beyonce. And it, that's gotta be like, there's gotta be some fucked shit like politics going on in there. Oh yeah. For Zayn and for these artists to be doing like doing that when they could just show up like these other artists and get an award and get like the red carpet photos and you can get all of the press and attention you want and get yeah. these awards. And he's straight up saying, no, fuck everyone associated with it. Yeah. 
It's like, there's some shit going on behind the scenes there. Oh, it's got to be deep. Yeah, like the institution with the royal family. family. That's what the lines I'm going with. Um, I will say Dua Lipa, um, showstopper with her outfit. Oh my God, I was so happy you said that because <sighs> she was my favorite outfit by far. By far, she rocked it. Her and Megan Thee Stallion, Noah Cyrus, not sure why you're wearing not- a comforter. Yep. Okay. Lizzo didn't really nail it on the outfit piece No, either. and Lizzo, I feel like you've got style girly, so who's yes. leading you astray? Right. I was not impressed with the fashion, to be honest. And I guess that's all we really have to say about the Grammys. You know, right. it was pretty good, but once again, I feel like there was some underlying bullshit. So now we're gonna move on to the big, huge announcement of J-Lo and A-Rod calling off their engagement. And here's the thing. J-Lo came out saying that it's not because of the allegations of A-Rod cheating or messaging that girl from Bravo TV or whatever. She's right. one of those reality stars that they're still together and that's not the reason. But I, but she's also not with A-Rod. She's filming somewhere for a movie. So right. they're not even together at the moment. And it's also like, I was hearing both sides of the opinion where I could absolutely be like trying to control the narrative. Uh, we're going to break up, but I'm not letting everyone know that it's because of this D-list celebrity that's right. now like the reason for J-Lo breaking up with her boyfriend. You know, it's like, hell no. Yeah. I'm not letting you think it's because of you, you, even if it is. Right. You know, and it's like. That's a good point. Controlling the narrative by being like, well, we're still together, but like we're working it out. They also do give me Kanye Kim vibes where it's like, they're both huge celebrities, especially J-Lo where it's like she's Beyonce Jay-Z vibes too. too it's like you're cooking on a daily basis it would be hard for two massive stars like that to be together right but they were doing such a good job of meshing their families right. you know like I, where I, felt really I thought that this was like it I'm sad about that if they're not actually together but it's also like if I was J-Lo and if the reason was because of A-Rod like flirting with girls in their DMs I'd be like get a fucking grip I'm J-Lo and you're <laughs> embarrassing me yeah for real you know what I mean it's like yeah. how dare you yeah Either way, a tragedy. A tragedy. <laughs> and we're going to finish off Gossip of the Week by talking about Chloe posting that she is back together with Tristan. Mm-hmm. Now, did she flat out come and say, hey, we're back together? And I feel like we've covered this multiple weeks where we're like, oh, I think Chloe and Tristan are together. We have the engagement ring photo. We have this little nuggets and Easter eggs everywhere. But it's like... right. Confirm it. Yes or no. And what was her Instagram post? Chloe's post was, and I quote, the ones that are meant to be are the ones who go through everything that is designed to tear them apart and they come out even stronger than they were before. And that was for Tristan's birthday. Kim posted for Tristan's birthday and we know Kim and Tristan have a lot of beef between them. So I don't feel like Kim would have posted for Tristan unless they were back together as well. And I mean, come on, that sentence the ones that come out the strongest are the ones that go through everything that was supposed to tear them apart. Right. Come on, and they're it, fucking back together. 100%. It's so obvious. It's like, just fucking say it. And it's also like, I, I feel bad that True's in the picture, you know, when I'm saying like, I'm sorry, but Tristan has shown you his truest colors by cheating on you with your family best friend, your little sister's best friend. And I'm sorry, there is no greater disservice to someone. Obviously cheating, but it's cheating publicly. With my close family friend you know what I mean like she was a family member at that point that's blatantly Tristan saying sorry Chloe fuck you don't give a fuck and I know you're about to deliver our baby any minute now yeah it was right when she was about to be in delivery it's just the rudest most blatant disrespect and I just feel like when they show you your true colors I know you're trying to make it work for your daughter but he's he's already shown that he's willing to do when you're pregnant right I don't think he's gonna change and I don't think he deserves your trust to rekindle that again it's like move on move on I 
do understand it from Chloe's eyes too, where right. it's like, this is the father of my right. child. I Spending get it. all the time, like together. Right, like, where it's like, also people fall back in love, even if something bad like that has happened. You right. know, it's like, if you're spending the time, you have kids involved, it's like, she's forgiven him. I understand why they're back together. But it's like, on the other side of this whole thing with them getting back together, it's like Jordan. Jordan was scorned by the world. And Kylie- Still is. Still on the outskirts. She's fucking everything. basically blacklisted. Yes. I mean, like, nobody will touch her because yeah. of how she disrespected the Kardashian family. Right. But it's like, at the same time, it's like Kylie lost her best friend. They were family friends. Their whole family was friends with her. Well, then where's that forgiveness for Jordan? Which, I mean, if it was, was us and then, oh, uh, Jordan was our friend and she pulled that shit on either of us, we're never uh, speaking again. Never. Sorry. Cut off. But if you're going to cut her off like that, I mean, I would say you got to cut off Tristan, but obviously you have a kid together. So this keeps bringing us back to the same point that we're screwed. But I'm like, don't come crying to me, Chloe, no. when he cheats on you. For real. Not that she would come crying to me, but it's like, I don't want to hear it then. Just, no tears. No. And I did watch Jordan's Red Table Talk yeah. where she talks about it. And it's like, once again, I'm feeling bad. I always feel bad I for know. the person that's getting called out. I do. I because I understand. I'm like, that must be so fucking shitty. Right. But I mean, like, once again, it's like... Your actions are your actions. Your you, actions You should have thought about that. And before. if you didn't want to get caught, then you shouldn't have been doing it. Frankly. And I don't know how many times I have to say that. And there are just, like, blatant fucking things you don't do. Jordan, literally, you are on the ends with the Kardashian family at the best point you A can be. that you will never get an opportunity like that in your lifetime. And you fucking blew it for a kiss? For a makeout with Tristan? For a makeout and a little lapsit? Oh my God. Get out of here. Like so not worth it. I could be belligerent, blacked out on the floor. You would never catch me. Ever. Ever like trying to and like you're hook supposed- up with your boyfriend? You're Jordan. lying. Your friend like is supposed to be the one on the lookout for you if you're not somewhere with your boyfriend at the party. Exactly. Your advocate. If Jordan was there, she should have said, um, Tristan's doing some sketchy ass shit, calling up Chloe. Here's the other bitches that are in the room. I got eyes on him. Don't worry about a damn thing. <laughs> exactly. While I you're got pregnant. your back. You're in the hospital. You got some contractions. That's fine. I'm on the lookout. I mean, clearly, you guys, send us your freaking relationship issues because I'll tell you a quick <laughs> yes or no if this dude's fucking worth it. If he's in or if he's fucking out. And Tristan is out in our book. He's been out for been a long out. time. I'm just waiting for Chloe to get on the same page. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of Let's Gossip. Make sure to subscribe. Please leave a review. And we will see you snitches next Thursday for another gossip update. Uh, Get your gooch out of here. Hearing my tune and my tone. (laughs) My tune and my tone. My tune and my tone. (laughs) Got my titty in your face. (laughs) 